and welcome to another episode of Convention Confessional. My name is Katie Hunt. I am your host with the most. And um, today we are uh, talking with Scarlett from the West Coast. Hi, Scarlett. How are you? Hi, Katie. Yeah, like I've been doing conventions since like 1999. Uh, started when I was uh, 14 years old. Attended Anime Expo when it was at the Anaheim Convention Center. Been cosplaying since 2000. My first costume was Utena from my favorite anime, Revolutionary Girl Utena. And I think I got a lot of stories to tell um, just doing conventions on the West Coast, East Coast, and everywhere in between. I mostly do anime cons because anime is my jam. Been an anime fan since Sailor Moon uh, was on broadcast in the United States. And I do some comic cons here and there, some pop culture, generic pop culture events here and there. But California is definitely a very interesting and very uh, cultural place, especially for Japanese anime conventions and conventions that also have a bit of a Japanese culture, Asian culture. Yeah, the competition scene out in California is way different than the one out in New England. Like, I mean, New England goes hard, but I feel like California, like Anime Expo and stuff, like it's unreal out there. Yes, especially when it comes to cosplay. Like, there's like a lot of amazing cosplayers out here. Um, In fact, when I used to live in Boston, when I would just like come out here for vacation to visit my parents, visit friends out here during the holidays... I would just go buck wild at the fabric district because I can find bridal satin for like three bucks a yard and like just uh, do my all my fabric shopping for the year in one day. And L.A., we have access to this haven of fabric like you can just make some of the most beautiful things that had a very good value. So like, yeah, we, we definitely go hard here and a lot of um folks who start out, out here in cosplay, I've actually known them to go into um, professional careers in costuming and fashion. Um, I actually know a few who've gone on to do costuming for RuPaul's Drag Race and a friend of mine works for Universal uh, Costuming and a few other people I know work for Marvel Costuming. In fact, like I even know the uh, fabric supplier um, who does all the uh, costumes for all the Marvel movies and that's where I'm I, I get a couple of my fabric. I mean, it's not, it's not, it's not cheap, but it's nice quality. So it's, it's a pretty huge scene out here in terms of cosplay, but. Oh yeah, definitely a lot more opportunities out there with Hollywood and everything, like getting costume jobs and everything like that. That's definitely. <laughs> in fact, one of my uh, f- first jobs, um, one of my jobs uh, to support myself in graduate school was I actually did work for our university's costume department and even though I was, I felt like I was very versed in uh, costuming and just making um, dresses and whatnot, I learned a lot on the job, um, just being a costuming assistant, uh, working in all these uh, projects. And not only that, I also learned how to like really manage my time because working in theater, it's a very, it's very time demanding and yeah. you need these things like done on time. So I know like we always joke about cost crunch, but just having that professional experience also just kind of helped me like with time management in terms of cost crunching and learning to use my time efficiently. So I don't feel like I burn out and whatnot, but that was a very fun experience to like support myself through grad school. Like working. Oh yeah. hundred percent. That sounds awesome. Yes. Um, so you said you were a Boston girl for a while. What years did you go to anime Boston for? Oh, wow. Uh, my first anime Boston was anime Boston 2013. So that was a year when anime Boston, I believe was on Memorial day weekend. Yep. 
And then after I've been going, like even when after I moved from Boston back to the West Coast for work, I still flew out to Boston um, for Anime Boston because it just ended up just being one of our favorite conventions and also an excuse to see our friends again. And I, I just really like how they do a lot of their cosplay events. I love the cosplay game scene. Um, I actually did a cosplay lip sync um, for the first time um, in 2019, and I wanted to do it again in 2020, but the world happens. <laughs> yeah, you know, that whole thing. <laughs> oh, so you competed at the Masquerade in Boston before? Yes, I also competed at the Masquerade. My first year, I entered Shadow Yukiko from Persona 4. Yeah, um, I placed in that one. But uh, I believe the following year I did, I went as Cure Marine from Heart Catch Pretty Cure. My partner and I had this idea of like, okay, let's do this com- comedic sketch. And Pretty Cure, it's like this, you know, your generic monster of the day, like magical girl series aimed at kids. Um, yep, I judged that. It's good. Yes. Uh, oh, okay. cool. Yeah, that, that was like, yeah, we stole the, yeah, the uh, monsters of the day stole Tom Brady's um, heart crystal or whatever. Yep. Yeah, we got his, we got to save Tom Brady or something like that. Yeah, I judged at Anime Boston from about 2010 till about 2017. Um, and then 2018, 2019, um, I'm a co host of The Masquerade now. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Yeah, Ouija. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I love you. <laughs> See, this is what happens when you don't know people when you interview them. It's like, yeah, no, I'm I'm the co-host for Anime Boston, so. Yeah, I always love watching the Anime Boston uh, masquerade. Like, even if I'm not a participant in a show, it's just something I always like doing. And it almost feels like um, the main centerpiece of the convention. Just a Yeah, it's, like, it's, it's a big show to put on. And honestly, it's like, that's like my favorite part of the whole weekend. Even if I didn't have any part of it, like judging wise or like hosting wise, like I'd make it a point to go to the masquerade just because I feel like that's like the event. Yeah, it, it's like that RuPaul uh, Drag Race song, like, this is the main event. Are you ready? Yeah. Yeah, like that kind <laughs> exactly. Of kind of thing. And I've always like, um, oh my, the name is escaping my brain, uh, Rody Bacon Man. Yeah, roadie, roadie. Mm-hmm. Like now, I'm having all these nostalgia feels about um, anime Boston. Well, that's what this show's about—all the nostalgia. <laughs> In fact, like I remember one time, like we were kind of ambivalent about going to anime Boston one year, and I think um, my partner and I—we were at this uh, tiki bar in um, not too far from us, and just after having a couple of drinks, you're like, you know what? Let's go to Anime Boston. Like, I like that idea. Let's go to Anime Boston. Great idea. Woo! <laughs> On a whim, just after having a few tiki drinks, like, okay, let's go to Anime Boston. <laughs> yeah, that's the year we decided, like, yeah, just we weren't, we, we weren't the most sober making that decision, but it was a good decision. Right. Any other New England cons? Yes. Um, another anime convention. I always like uh, taking the bus up there. That's always fun. I was the host for that for 14 years. Uh, yeah, we, I know I, uh, yes, I, I did enter the masquerade for AAC. I forgot what year it was, but the last year we did it and we kind of felt like the humor kind of went over folks' heads, heads because like, okay, it's a younger audience. We're not sure if this is going to work, but let's do it anyway, because it makes us happy. My partner and I, we cosplay as Hungary and Austria from Italia because we got that vibe and like, yeah, we're pretty much Hungary and Austria in real life. <laughs> um, and I actually been to hung- Hungary and Austria in real life. Well, those countries, my favorite countries to, to visit. And <laughs> 
So the joke was my partner, um, who's like one of the few cis male Italia cosplayers, cosplays this Austria in this like very formal regal kind of outfit. And he is reading a book of Austrian thespians. Well, there is one majorly known Austrian actor in the United States and who is also a politician and his name is Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yep. <laughs> and then so I had, okay, if we just put like classical music in the background and you read Schwarzenegger quotes like from this book looking very masterpiece theater. Okay, so like it kind of went over to audience heads. Like, okay, well, I'm, I'm probably assuming the average Italian person hasn't seen Commando or like The Running Man. But the people who are like in our age category, like backstage, were just trying, were just busting up. And like, I think like one of our st- stage hands was just trying to hold back his laughter because I had to just go go right in to just kind of like just pull him off st- off stage um, as party act. And like the, our the stage hand, one of the stage ninjas, was just busting up. He t- couldn't like just stop holding in his laughter, and that was like making me laugh. Like, okay, I can't screw up my cues because seeing people react was also making me laugh. But yeah, I remember that. I remember that was a wicked good skit. I remember that. Mm-hmm. And um, I also did Kineticon. Um, I did that one for a few years. Um, I did there too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I actually love Kineticon. I'm- yeah, no, it was a, it was an experience. I mean, Kineticon working it is a whole different beast than going to it of course and being behind the scenes of it because i i went as an attendee one year before um my friend's group that worked in that circuit um asked me to come host their masquerades for them so i hosted masquerades for them from 2009 to 2014 um and dating games so i was um i wrote i wrote up all like the drafts and everything for the dating games and the masquerades um and it was so much fun behind the scenes and putting on the show and like, again, like hosting, being there and stuff. Uh, but now that I have gone past my time at Kineticon, I, I don't see myself going again because it's just like, it's turned into like a completely different beast than what it used to be. Yes. That's what I've been hearing about Kineticon. I think I was attending around the time when there was this transition going on. So I think I attended like I'm just trying to remember, it was like 2013, 2014 when I attended, because I remember competing in Masquerade, the first one I did was 2013. Um, I was on stage as Eternal Sailor Pluto. Okay, yeah, yeah. And I love that skit because the timing was perfect. So the story is um, a, a week before the con, a couple weeks before the con, everyone in the Doctor Who community was wondering, okay, who's the next Doctor going to be? Like, we were just waiting, like, who's going to be uh, Matt Smith's predecessor? And my partner and I just came up with a skit, like, well, since Sailor Pluto is the uh, guardian of time, let's make her a, make her a time lady. Yep. So the joke was, like, Sailor Pluto comes out, um, you hear the TARDIS noise, and the next incarnation of the Doctor is Sailor Pluto. <laughs> and I had my partner is a huge Doctor Who fan. I'm more of a Torchwood person myself because I love Jack Harkness and um, I love him. John Berman. <laughs> uh, uh, my partner is a huge Doctor Who fan and he just, which just wrote this uh, script for us and it's like, okay, let, let's roll this. And we got a huge laugh and a huge, a lot of joy from the Whovians of the audience and just combining two fandoms, um, Sailor, Sailor Moon and Doctor Who into just one thing. And I ended up uh, scoring a judges award for that, but I had a lot of fun doing that. <laughs> 
Yeah, no, I remember. Yeah, I remember that skit. Yeah, that was the Hunger Games year. That was when we put Hunger Games and um, what was the other show? Uh, Lord of the Rings together to host with. Oh yeah, I remember that. Um, it's funny though, because in 2009, when I first started hosting there, our dating game was Torchwood themed and I cosplayed as John Hart. Aww. That was a really good year, but I would tell you to go to YouTube and look it up. However, there is absolutely no footage of it. I, uh, my friend Ryan came on the show a couple episodes back. Um, we were talking about it, how like our first dating game we did together and the last dating game we did together, nobody recorded them for some reason or another. So, like, there's no proof that they happened except for the memories that we hold of them. Um, <laughs> but, like, yeah, no, being Jack Harkness was, uh, my friend was Jack Harkness. I was John Hart. Um, it was, it was fun because you could pretty much just be completely, like, you know, disgusting towards each other. But it was completely in character because they had, like, that weird romance long ago. Of course. <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, I, I just really miss the Whovian scene, like, years ago. Like, that was a lot of fun. <laughs> I just find it funny that our paths have crossed and we didn't even realize it until this moment. <laughs> it's almost like the Cossack community is just like a small world, you know? Yeah. Ships in the night, ships in the night. So then West Coast ones, where have you been in the West Coast? Oh, wow. I've been almost all over the place on the West Coast. Well, obviously, Anime Expo, that is mm-hmm. um, what just seen as creme de la creme by um, Tourist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. locals, we look at Anime Expo, it's like, do we have to? Really? anime expo do we have to fine i guess we're going i mean that's a general local attitude towards anime expo because it's held like during fourth july weekend yeah and it's really hot like last time around it was like 90 degrees one year it was like almost like boston summer humid and that caught me off guard. like where's this humidity coming from and there was like a year where it was like almost over 110 degrees i decided to like okay i'm not gonna cosplay i'm just gonna chill in um panel rooms and these would be panels i would not normally attend but i'm like i'll just like just sit here just kind of enjoy the ac like um hmm i'm don't normally attend this panel but i'm willing to learn and i'm willing to listen right right i'm I'm suddenly interested in this air conditioning i mean whatever topic you're talking about (laughs) absolutely yeah anime exo like uh, but we did stay at this really nice hotel. We stayed at the Biltmore Hotel in downtown Los Angeles, and there's a lot of movie history with the Biltmore Hotel. It was actually um, the host of the first Academy Awards. Um, Pretty in Pink, the prom scene was filmed in there. Um, Ghostbusters was filmed there. So it was like a huge like Hollywood landmark. Yeah. And I was just very excited to like do a cosplay photo shoot there. In fact, I did like a couple of cosplay photo shoots and that was like just my main highlight just to say I've done like um, cosplay photo shoots at this Hollywood icon. So I'm like, yes, that, that was a, a lot of fun. And yeah, that's definitely an advantage to have out there, especially when a lot of stuff's being filmed in like different stages, locations out there. If you can, you can get yeah. like a costume made up that kind of goes along with it. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm not too far from where they film, like, all the, like, the 1950s um, scenes from, like, That Thing You Do. Mm-hmm. Um, when they, like, just go out and just go out to, like, the little town area. Like, I'm not too far from there. It's like, oh, hey, if I need to do, like, do something more retro-y, I can just go down um, not too far from me. And there's the um, place where they shot That Thing You Do. I can get something very retro in the background. So, like, I have that advantage of, like, just having these access to, like, all these places where you can just freely shoot and not have an issue with like some places. Yeah. You might need like a permit to shoot or something, but there's a lot of options and a lot of places to um, do some costly photo shoots 
outside of the convention. Because I think with local cosplayers and Anime Expo, that's just kind of becoming their reason to do Anime Expo. Like, I'm not going to buy a badge. I'm probably just going to, like, show up at this hotel um, to a couple photo shoots or show up at um, LA Live, which is, like, this very vibrant um, nightlife kind of place. And uh, movies and TV, they actually have used that area to uh, double as um, Tokyo, like Akihabara. Mm-hmm. Just get some sh- shots like that. And it's great if you're doing, like, an idol kind of shoot, if you're doing, like, a j fashion kind of shoot and no need to pay because like if that area is all free and it's it's a lovely location i mean i've done some idol shoots there just kind of like okay let's just give it like a akihabara like nighttime tokyo nightlife kind of vibe and you can get some really great shots there from that so um it's very interesting to see like just have the local perspective of anime exponent when especially when i was living in boston a lot of folks came up to me and they're all like hey um anime um, I want to go to Anime Expo. Like, I, I really want to go. Like, yeah, I, I recommend do it once just to say you've done it. And I'm not going to lie. They got some really top tier guests. So a lot of times one of my reasons for, like, still going to Anime Expo is the concerts. They always happen to have, like, top of the line um, guests there. Like, I think the last time I went, they had um, eight out of nine of Awkward's from Love Live um, doing a concert for two nights. And wow everyone was just a uh, gog over that. And I had friends who did full VIP. So I'm like, whoa. And that was a lot of fun. I, I And the people I was like sitting next to um, were from Texas, were from Canada. So you had people from all over um, the world attending um, these concerts. And that was pretty amazing. So yeah, Anime Expo is definitely like one thing we're best known for, but again, there's like a difference between how locals perceive it versus how like tourists sees, sees it. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. I feel like that's like that with pretty much any of those like large conventions, like especially Anime Boston. Anime Boston's gotten huge over the last couple years or so, like guest wise, music guest wise. Um, I mean, God, they pulled in um, the uh, uh, the orchestra, the director for the music for um, is it Final Fantasy. Oh no, Kingdom Hearts, one of them. Yes, uh, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, but the that was crazy. That concert was insane. Like they brought in an organ for the guy. <laughs> yeah, I, I attended her. Uh, con- she had like a mini chamber ensemble kind of concert, like in one of the ballrooms. I actually did attend that, and like a few months later, down the line, um, I attended the full orchestra concert in Los Angeles, and that event quickly sold out. Yeah, that was an amazing experience. Yeah, wild. Mm-hmm. other cons out here let's see um we have pacific media expo uh, that's more like an asian american slash asian culture kind of convention that stemmed from anime expo a lot of former anime expo staff decided to create like this um independent spin-offy um con that started in 2004 and one of their headline guests was this uh, j-rock group called cyclist semu and I didn't attend the first year because every time that PMX like fell on the calendar, I was a college student and I had to focus on midterms. Um, it was like during midterm season, like, okay, school comes first. So I didn't really attend um, PMX until I was done with my undergraduate. And they would always get like Hollywood celebrities at their event. So one year we had George Takei. One year we had, um, what's his face? Rufio Dante uh, Bosco. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, and it's a small enough con where you can, it's like an another anime convention um, size con for perspective. Sure. Um, but you can like just meet these celebrities, Hollywood celebrities, and just uh, chit chat with them. They had Walter Jones from Power Rangers. Um, they had um, Daniel J. Kim um, from Lost. I'm sure he's been in other things, but Lost is the one I remember Daniel Day Kim most for. Night. Oh, he was also in Heroes as Heroes Friend. Yep. No, James Kyson Lee. My bad. Ugh, dang. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, James Kyson Lee. That's the name of the actor who was a guest. Um, but it's but the point being, it's very small. It's very intimate. They even had like a couple years ago, they had the voices of the Crystal Gems for Pearl, uh, Lapis Lazuli, um, Peridot, and Amethyst. Again, it's a very small convention where you can like just be interactive and you can like just really have a lot of one-on-one time with guests and the guests are super nice. And um, yeah, like I can say I went to a convention where I shook George Takei's hand, you know, and it was a nice guy. Yeah. No, it's awesome. Absolutely. I mean, that was just like one of my favorite experiences as a fangirl. But um, unfortunately, PMX just kind of has gone downhill because the timing of it just hasn't been all too great because it's kind of close to like the major holidays out here. And plus, um, the other problem with um, California is we have too many conventions. I know too much of a good thing might be a bad thing, but when you have all these conventions being scheduled, um, you have to like pick and choose which ones you want to go to. Yeah. And one that has more clout is probably the one that someone's going to attend. And also just keeping in mind the budget of all these attendees, you can start, you can only like just pick and choose where you want to go. And also the fact like for someone like me who does have money to travel and does have money to attend things, I also have to be very careful with my time because like, yeah, I might be older, I might have more money, but I don't have all the time in the world apparently. So I have to like just really pick and choose which conventions I want to go to and which ones I want to support. And that's just looking at my state alone because I'm probably going to choose like an anime Boston or, or an Otakon because I love those cons. I love traveling out to them and I have a lot of friends who go and I just love how they do anime conventions. So like, yes, I feel like I, I feel like I'm in my zone and feel like I'm with, I'm with my people. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And I feel like over time, too, like you kind of like, you know, when you're first going into conventions, like I have to go to every single one because I need to know and see everything because I've never done anything like this before. And then you get to be a certain age. You're just like, yeah, two years sounds good. <laughs> like, I know where I want to go. I've got my people. <laughs> oh, absolutely. You definitely you definitely end up finding your favorites. Absolutely. Like I said, like I think honestly now the only convention that I actively go to um, is Anime Boston because I work at it. Um, but also it's just like it was my first convention. And it's, you know, it's close by to me, obviously. It's hometown technically for me. And I mean, you know, you just, again, you just fall into like habits and friends and, you know, you know who you're hanging out with and you just, you know, a building, you get comfortable with it. And it's just, it's more fun to go to sometimes because you're just like, I know where I am. I know where I'm going. I'm relaxed. Like this is, you know, it feels like more like a good time rather than where's the fifth floor? How do I get up that escalator? (laughs) Who's the guest? Where am I going? God, look at all these people and like their cosplays and What's the new trend now? <laughs> what are you all dressed as? People are watching. Like, I, I feel like I'm so out of a loop. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, right. Oh, God. Yeah, no. Like, it's funny. Like, over the years, just you see what the most popular cosplays are at these conventions. Like, Love Live is still pretty big. But, I mean, a couple of years ago, it was huge. 
Um, I remember when everybody was Full Metal Alchemist, like original Full Metal Alchemist, like that was the thing. You went to a convention, everyone was dressed up like Mace Hughes or Roy Mustang or Edward. <laughs> I was one of the many Reezes, uh back in the day. <laughs> I was a Mace Hughes. <laughs> I was a Hughes. Um, yeah, and then again, like you, you'd mentioned before, the um, the Hitalia group, I was America for a while. Um, I hosted AAC one year as America. Um, yeah, no, it's just like, it's just funny how the trends change over the years and you're just, after a while, you kind of lose track and it's just like, God, I didn't, I didn't watch the last three shows that trended. What happened? Like, I fell into my old school anime and I wanted to stay there forever. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like that that way with the pandemic because now there's like a lot more services out there that like show old school anime. Like I've been addicted to Retro Crush mm-hmm. because it's like a free like anime old school streaming service. And I also have an access to High Dive, which also uh, streams a lot of old school anime. Mm-hmm. And I've been like just watching the things that like I may have missed out on when I was growing up because growing up like, I was into a lot of magical girl stuff. I was into Sailor Moon. So like some other stuff when I was like 14 versus my age now um, didn't really uh, appeal to me. Like because like, okay, maybe um, this is just kind of brushes over my head and maybe I'm not into this, but I just started watching things like Legend of Galactic Heroes, uh, Gun- original uh, OG Gundam, mm-hmm. Gundam 79. Yep. And hey, I'm just really vibing with a lot of these old school titles that I may have missed um, growing up, but now I'm really vibing with it. So I've just been watching a lot of uh, old school retro anime that I may have missed. Mm-hmm. And I've also been doing a lot of rewatch of Gundam Wing. My partner is a huge Gundam Wing fan. In fact, I love Gundam Wing. For, um, for PMX online and for Fanime um, online, uh, we're running a 25th anniversary of Gundam Wing um, panel. That's awesome. I actually, um, I cosplayed as Hiro Yui um, many moons ago when I had the body for it, because now I would never attempt that (laughs) bike pants and tank top look. Like, no, absolutely not. Um, And I also had um, a Duo Maxwell costume that I wore maybe one time and then rented out to like a bunch of other people so that they could be my duo. (laughs) Uh, we never got a full group, unfortunately, but I always wished we had a full group for Gundam Wing because that was one of my favorites um, growing up. So yeah, same here. Um, I'm, I actually finished a Rolina cosplay like during the pandemic, and <laughs> this version of Rolina is the ending credits version uh, where she's like what at like what um, Animal Kingdom or something. Oh yeah, whatever jungle theme it was. Yeah, <laughs> so, okay, I call it Animal Kingdom Rolina, and it's like okay, I need like just get a photo shoot of this because I think it would just be so funny to do this esoteric version of Rolina. Just, just have like, a okay. bunch of animals with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just bring. Like, <laughs> there's this one vendor. They always show up like at East Coast conventions because I remember them. I always remember seeing them at Anime Boss, and they sell like the very realistic like animal plushies. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Yeah, like, okay, I need to get a couple, like, um, animal plushies from them, because I just like how they're so realistic looking. <laughs> and just, like, she with, like, a bunch of, like, stuffed animals as Relina. Um, but, yeah. yeah, partner wants to cosplay as Duo Maxwell, so I need to, like, eventually just uh, finish that cost costume. But, like, just, it's weird, because during the pandemic, I just kind of feel, like, very on and off when it comes to sewing. Because, like, okay, I'm tired. Existential dread. I don't feel like sewing. Depression. Yeah. Yeah, I feel that. The only thing I've really sewn lately is masks, but I mean, hey, it's something at least. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Like, there was a point where I was, like, sewing a lot of masks for a charity, 
but even that um, got me burnt out. So I just realized, okay, I just need a break for a while. And it's slowly just my, my interest in sewing is uh, slowly coming back. And I think a lot of it has to do with just getting um, settled into our new place and just setting up my sewing area. Now that I have an office to myself now, it's like, yay, home office. I can have <laughs> sewing um, corner. Yeah. yeah like up. a lot of my, uh, I mean, I said a lot of like cosplay burnout, obviously it's just like, well, we're not really going anywhere right now. So I didn't see my, I guess I need to have a crunch time to actually get into like my costume sewing again, for some reason, like just mentally, it's like, nah, I've got way too much time. I could have made like 16 costumes. Why would I do that when I had time? How would I wait until I have five minutes and then finish my costumes? (laughs) It's just like that mindset that I'm stuck in. Uh, But my biggest costumes, honestly, kind of like the last time I made costumes was about probably a year and a half ago um and I, I i don't know if you've ever heard of critical role or not um I have. A, uh, yeah dnd group mm-hmm. my friends um we, we made all of vox machina mm. and i made some level 20 costumes for my group um i made percy for myself and the entire inside of it is bare fur mm-hmm. so it's a very heavy jacket you can only really wear it in the winter time because i'd probably die if i was outside in the middle of like you know, anime expo at 110 degrees. <laughs> that would not be the place to wear that costume. Um, but so much detail work went into all those costumes. I was like, all right, I need a little bit of a break. And then a pandemic happened. And I was like, okay, this is not what I meant. <laughs> yeah, I kind of felt that way about conventions because there was a point like sometime in 2019, I was feeling burnout. It's okay, I need a break from this by just trying, I'm trying to figure out like, how do I approach uh, taking this break? Like, like you said earlier, like, okay, this is not the break I was expecting, but <laughs> right, it's just the like bank account is um a lot prettier right now, <laughs> right, right. Because now I'm just like, no, I want to go. <laughs> I want to make something, but I don't even know where to wear it. Oh, yeah. Well, also, just being part of, like a, a costly group that kind of helps you just stay motivated, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. just seeing um just uh, progress photos like in like a Facebook group chat. It's like yeah, that kind of keeps me motivated to sew and to do something. But since like okay, we're kind of like um still figuring things out. Like okay, um I can take a break from this. Like there's no rush. Right, right. I can quit. I can quit whenever I want to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't want to quit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, so East Coast, West Coast conventions, you've got to have some kind of a story, some some scandalous or tragic or hilarious or some kind of a story to share with the group. Oh, wow. Do I have stories? <laughs> <laughs> Once upon a time, um, when I was actually presenting a, something about bullying and um, <laughs> to high school students, and, and um, the, the framework was um, like, hey, um, we're the student basically the school they were like doing like this uh play about like drama at a convention i know right i mean mm, weird i know and then i was asked to just kind of like uh just do this presentation for for these high school students and this high school student completely unaware of what goes on in our lives mm. um asked me the question do you guys have drama at your conventions <laughs> oh my god dear we invented it well yeah i mean you try to avoid drama but sometimes it just comes creeping right back at you but yeah definitely wow what kind of stories do i have i have travel stories hotel horror stories but you know what? let's go to the travel one uh once upon a time in las vegas because las vegas is a four-hour drive from us it's like going from boston to new york mm-hmm. And 
uh, we, tr- we decided to just carpool with a friend of ours to drive to Las, Las Vegas. And um, so like the weekend was pretty funky as it was. I mean, it, it's a whole story in itself, but leaving Las Vegas was a completely interesting story. So it was Memorial, not Memorial, it was Labor Day weekend. So it was like one of the high travel weekends for being on the road. And then we were kind of feeling iffy because of just tensions with our roommates and just kind of what's going on about like leaving Las Vegas, like in this carpool to the point where like I'm checking Southwest to like look at my flight points to see if I have enough flight points to get us back um, on, on a last minute flight. Uh, my partner thought about calling his dad because um, his dad is the type of person like, yeah, I don't care. I'll drive, blah, 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 because of just kind of like the, the direness of the situation because we didn't want to be stuck in the car for like a very long time where there's some weird tension um, going on, which was like, okay, I'm willing to see if I have Southwest points. But we just decided like, okay, let's not bother his father. Let's... um. Let me just save up my Southwest points and let's just kind of like just grin and bear it. We find out that our main driver um, has picked up a girl at the con and and um, he wants to impress her and whatnot. So part of that was driving her home to San Diego. San Diego is two hours south from where my partner and I live. But luckily we made this deal to like, okay, just drop us off first. Um, to where we need to go, which is was Orange County. And if you can just drop her, have her be the last person to be dropped off, because we didn't want to do a detour to San Diego because I had school slash work the next day. So, um, we, so of course, like sun, Sunday morning, we just make sure our devices are fully charged. This was during the time of the iPod. And I had a Zen Micro um, MP3 player just so we can have our media ready to go in the car, just kind of like to zone out because we know it's going to be a long drive because of the holiday weekend because of so many people getting me on the road. At that convention, he will not be named. Mm. There was a guest that um, this girl was completely obsessed about to the point where said guest would um said guests like yeah i want you at my wedding i want you to like just take photos of my wedding and my wife and blah 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 (laughs) yeah um there's a reason why i'm keeping this of oh no that's fine i mean we don't have to name (laughs) she would not shut up in the car about him our devices decided to die one hour through the during the car ride we still had like almost had, had like five hours to go. So like, okay, we need to keep ourselves sane here in the backseat of the car. My partner was like, oh, <laughs> can like, can we like just find a way to change the topic or whatnot? Because like fan, certain fangirls just kind of thinking that like, you know, oh, no. it was, it, it was pretty awkward. And at the time I didn't have any ill will towards certain people in certain industries, but mm-hmm. there's certain, but when someone, even from looking at the perspective of someone being obsessed with someone and just talking about them nonstop and you're stuck in this tin can with them for like five hours and your devices decide to die, die an early battery life. 
Right, right. Because, um, you know, thanks, fate. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, um, yeah, this is going to be an interesting car ride. And I got to find ourselves to just keep us entertained. And why not? Like, yeah. And that's my uh, leaving Las Vegas story. Wow. Just what I thought, like, that certain person couldn't get any weirder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ugh. Well. Mm-hmm. Well. Wow. 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 Yeah. And the partner and I just kind of like just uh, talking with our eyeballs together and just kind of like using like trying to make up a sign language to say like help me or something because like. I, I like to hold out hope though that this certain person has seen the error of their obsessive ways perhaps about this said person. I hope. I, I hope hope so. So too. So. Mm-hmm. A life lesson to be learned. Yes. I mean, again, that was like almost 10 years ago. Like, I'm willing to believe that people change. I'm willing to believe that people read. (laughs) Please read. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. Wow. Wow. Well, Scarlett, thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, It's been a pleasure talking to you and hilarious that in some sense of the word, we actually have met before. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That was a, yeah, this was just, just an amazing time to just talk about my adventures with conventions. Great. Awesome. Um, is there anything you'd like to promote while you're here, dear? Oh, absolutely. You can visit my YouTube channel, Scarlet Rhapsody, uh, Convention Cultured. I also run a show just talking about convention horror stories. So if you want to like listen to more, oh boy, there is more. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. And I will definitely share a link for that um, when this episode goes up in a little bit. Well, thanks again for coming on the show. Um, guys, make sure you go watch our YouTube channel. Make sure you follow our uh, podcast. Definitely. Scarlett, a pleasure. Hopefully we'll talk again soon. Yeah, and hopefully when everything is safe again, we'll meet again at Anime Boston. <laughs> Just me. One day we'll see each other and be like, aha! <laughs> a voice to the name. To the face. <laughs> Alright, thanks guys. Have a great night. Thanks for listening. Alright, good night everyone. <laughs>